You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com. He will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Does a lot of the projections for full-time and one of the top high-stakes players around. And you can check out all my work on FullTimeFantasy.com as I'll have my deep sleepers tomorrow. Uh, We've got the StockWatch article up, the Week 4 projections, DFS content. So make sure you check it out. If you use the promo code RONUS50, you get your first two months for the price of one. So you can check that stuff out, of course. Also on si.com slash fantasy. Uh, my sneaky starts article is up there today. I also had the Stockwatch article there, as well as the waiver wire this week. So um, you can look at all that. Uh, we'll go over some of the latest news. There's a lot of players being added to the injury report. We'll take a look at some waiver wire results as well. And some lessons we can learn. Uh, talked about it a little bit in the first hour, but wanted to expand on that a little bit. But, you know, I say this constantly. Maybe you guys get tired of hearing it. Uh, by the way, you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. If you have any questions, you can ask them in the message boards and forums. Uh, and it kind of goes back to this, where I say, you know, when you ask these start cinema on Wednesday and Thursday, can't really give you the best information. And then there are always players that pop up on the injury report that we had no idea had any injury. These teams don't have to disclose anything until Wednesday. Sometimes players get hurt in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's best if you wait on the start sit questions. You know, ideally, Friday and Saturday is the best time. Obviously, if there's any player involved in the Thursday night game, yes, we'll get to those. But there's just a lot of players that if you had asked me about yesterday, I probably told you they're in, and now all of a sudden, they're dealing with some injury, and we don't know if they're going to play. So we go through this every single week, and the lesson is just wait to set your lineup. And also, it means continue to work the waiver wire because a lot of us putting claims last night. Now, there are a lot of waiver wire leagues that run Tuesday. Obviously, for the high-stakes leagues in the FFWC, it runs Wednesday night. And we are not privy to some of the information that's coming out today. Uh, fortunately, we got the second waiver wire period on Friday nights. And again, that's a very important waiver wire period. And you go look, not as much action. Now, of course, a lot of the ideal players that people want are all taking during that Wednesday period. But with some of the injury reports coming out, it might open up some opportunity for a player that we didn't really have on the radar on Wednesday. And you could usually get that player for cheap. So just keep that in mind. Uh, It's a grind, and it's a process where you have to continue to work to improve your team. So just keep that in mind uh, because uh, it leads into uh, this piece of news here, and that is Terry McLaurin was added to the Redskins injury report today with a hamstring issue. He was limited. Uh, Now, right now, we don't know how severe it is. You know, hammies are very, very tricky. But when you're added to the injury report, it's not something you want to see. And this sucks uh, if you're a McLaurin owner because he has been phenomenal. He's the first player in NFL history to start his first three games and have at least five receptions and a touchdown in each of those games. 
and he looks really good. You know, he's not only a deep threat, he's a guy that is starting to work the intermediate routes now. And the Redskins are a team that plays from behind consistently. They're not good. They're going to be passing a lot. And it's clear McLaurin is you know, one of the top targets. If not, the, I, he's the top talk, target in this offense, for sure. And he's got a great matchup this week against the Giants. They just can't stop anyone. I mean, McLaurin is going to be uh, solid play in DFS this week if he's able to go. And obviously, he also, uh, in season long, it's hard not to start him right now. Um, and you you might be in a league where, you know, you picked them up off the waiver wire, drafted them late, and you might have really good options. I can give you one where uh, it's good. it might be difficult for me to get him in there. I'd like to, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to because I can start a max of four receivers in this league, and I have DJ Moore, uh, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Christian Kirk. Now, I'm leaning towards playing McLaurin this week. I'm going to bench Diggs in this format. Uh, obviously, Diggs has that tough matchup against Chicago, and Minnesota's passing game just hasn't had the volume. It's not a knock on Diggs and his talent. It's just the situation he's in right now that the Vikings really want to run the football. I do think Diggs is going to have a big game uh, soon. I really do. So he's a guy that uh, I probably will say to bench in some of the questions I get this week. Uh, but now, if you're in a very deep league, it's a little bit more difficult because, you know, you took him early in your draft and you might have, not have the depth at receiver. You might be dealing with injuries or the receivers you have on the bench just aren't good enough. So it's not a case of where you're going to sit him everywhere, but obviously we're downgrading him. But, yeah, in this situation, uh, I'm planning to play McLaurin uh, in this format. But uh, I could see some teams where maybe you just really hit on all your receivers uh, in the FFWC pretty difficult to bench him uh, when we can start three receivers plus the two flex. So we're going to have to keep an eye on this. Uh, This is obviously not good uh, right now. You don't want to see this, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on here because McLaurin was going to be someone that uh, everyone felt good about this week, especially with this matchup upcoming against the Giants. And they're getting carved up by everyone. So definitely something to pay attention to there. you don't like seeing players added to the injury report, uh, for sure, especially on a Thursday afternoon. But he was limited. Uh, but you never know with hamstring injuries. You know, you the, the thing with them is you don't want to make it worse because if you go out there with a little soreness, it lingers and you aggravate it. It can go from a potential one to two week absence until into you know four to six. So that's the biggest question here uh, for a guy like McLaurin. So we'll have to stay posted on that. Amari Cooper, we talked about him yesterday. He had this MRI on his ankle. Uh, He participated in the portion of practice open to the media today and uh, reportedly looked good but didn't do everything. So he's probably going to be listed as a limited. Now, again, that's a Sunday night game So against the Saints. So we'll have to see the practice report on Friday. My guess is he plays. Obviously, he's been tremendous so far this year. And the Saints secondary has not been great this year. Uh, even Marshawn Lattimore has struggled a little bit. So, you know, Cooper's in a good spot this week. And obviously, you're pretty much playing him every week. Lots more ahead as we go through some of the news and injuries. More news on a wide receiver that we're keeping an eye on this week. Certainly someone you want in your lineups but I'll let you know his latest status. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon as week four kicks off tonight with the Packers and Eagles squaring off. Uh, Packers favored by four and a half over under 47. I'd like the Eagles to cover in this game and possibly win. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want the Eagles to win as a Cowboys fan, but uh, I think the Eagles, a uh, big game for them tonight. I think they play well here and uh, at least cover. I would not be surprised if they won this game. You know, Green Bay's 3-0, and but I don't know. I don't think they're as good as they've shown. We do know that that defense is improved, but uh, if you want a week four Thursday night football fantasy and betting preview, you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Check that out. We got the fantasy football week four stock watch. Fantasy Football Weekly Snap Counts, the Week 4 Projections. Get all of that. And if you have any questions, you can ask them on the message boards and forums anytime you want. And we will get back to you with an answer. Uh, some other news going on in the NFL right now. T.Y. Hilton dealing with this quad injury did not practice today. So, you know, Hilton, we've seen this before. He's a guy that really doesn't need to practice and he can still go out there and perform. But... I think you want to see at least something from him on Friday. Otherwise, uh, you know, you're not going to feel good about him. So I do have Hilton in a league or two. I really could use him out there this week. He had the issue with the quad last week and, um, you know, played very well. That's what sucks. I mean, look, here's the thing. When it comes to injured players, you'd rather them at least play a portion of the game and give you production instead of getting hurt early in the first quarter and giving you a zero or one. So at least T.Y. Hilton gutted it out and gave you a good uh, stat line in the first half. So that at least worked out. So we'll see if he plays this week. And obviously if he sits, you know, the problem is we're just not sure who's going to be the receiver. I like Paris Campbell the most. I just think he's the most talented. Uh, We did see him play a little bit more last week, but we also have Zach Pascal, Deion Kane. So, you know, I guess Paris Campbell would be a deep sleeper if Hilton is out. Again, there's risk with him, uh, but just what I think. I also do think Jack Doyle gets a little bit of a boost. We have seen Doyle play more snaps than Ebron, run more routes. Obviously, we've seen Ebron used in the red zone quite a bit, but Doyle... Did have four receptions for 48 last week. And you're probably gonna be like, oh, it's eight points. You know, you know what? You will take eight points from your tight end right now off the waiver wire. It has been that bad. And we have a lot of question marks at the position this week. We'll get to with some of the injuries. But, you know, I have George Kittle in a couple leagues. Uh, one of them, I drafted Doyle. I've held on. Uh, I'm playing Doyle this week. You know, look, I, I hope he gets double-digit points in a PPR. But I don't know. But I do think if Hilton's out, it's going to... Help a guy like Doyle. It'll help Ebron, too. Remember, they're going against the Raiders. This is a bad defense. The Raiders are not good on the road. So if Hilton is out, I do think, you know, most times you would say, oh, a receiver's out. It's going to be another receiver. I actually think Ebron and Doyle will benefit, and I'm hoping that it's Paris Campbell. And, again, that's if Hilton's out. Hopefully we'll know. We'll get a better idea of Hilton tomorrow. If not, you know, it might be a game-time decision with Hilton. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. So, uh, you know, just have someone on standby. And uh, unfortunately, we kind of have to deal with this every week uh, with players. Vance McDonald didn't practice today. Now, remember, the Steelers play Monday night. 
McDonald's dealing with a shoulder injury. Mike Tomlin is optimistic that McDonald will play. Now, people will look and say, well, they traded for Nick Vanette. That can't be good. They did that because Xavier Grimble was placed on injured reserve with a calf injury. So uh, that's why they acquired Nick Vanette. So, you know, I guess it's possible he plays. Look, with McDonald, I think you're going to have to wait till Sunday morning. Hopefully we get a, a report coming out that's either optimistic saying, hey, uh, looks good. McDonald's McDonald's going to play. If not, you know, if you're going to wait around for him, then the only option on the other side, well, there's two options with Uzuma and Eifert. But, you know, Eifert always has a good shot to score a touchdown. So Eifert wouldn't be the worst backup plan. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's dicey with Vance McDonald right now just because he's dealing with the shoulder injury. So uh, make sure you have a contingency plan. And if you haven't already, uh, you know, if you play in the high-stakes leagues where the waiver wire is Friday night, make sure you go out there and uh, have the backup plan uh, for sure. I know I have a league with McDonald and um, Mark Andrews. And speaking of Mark Andrews, you know, he did not practice again with a foot injury. So, you know, people will look at that and go, oh, well, he's kind of done that the last couple weeks. And that is true. You know, they've kind of been really conservative with him. Uh, that's been the routine over the last few weeks. Uh he has not really practiced much this year, so it doesn't sound like he's going to miss this game. Um, so I'm, I have him in a couple leagues. I plan to play him. Again, the tight end position is really thin. If, if Andrews is out there and active, you're pretty much playing him. I mean, like, how many tight ends do you feel great about right now? So uh, it, I wouldn't worry about this one just yet uh, because this is kind of what's been going on over the last few weeks. Speaking of tight ends, Delaney Walker was not at practice today. So he's dealing with a knee issue. Uh, again, Walker, one of these veterans, he doesn't really need much practice. It could be a maintenance day. You have to keep that in mind with veterans. They're going to do this. So obviously Friday is a big day, but Delaney is older. Uh, but that man, I mean, it's just if he's out, that would be really, really bad uh, for that tight end position. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and uh, what happens with him. Uh, obviously, Big news by now, we already know, Melvin Gordon is back with the Chargers. He is going to practice today. Obviously, he will not play this week. And he will. my guess is he gets eased in. Um, and, you know, Austin Eckler owners don't feel good today, obviously, because, you know, you were getting an RB1 every week. You will not have an RB1 going forward. Still think there's some value for him. Uh, he had standalone value last year, but it's not going to be what it was going forward. And... It's tough to try and trade him because I don't know if you're going to get proper value. Uh, people are well aware that Gordon's back, so that diminishes the value for Eckler. So as far as trading him, it always depends on what you can get. You know, if you maybe you get a good offer, you're probably going to get lowballed. So in this instance, you just say, all right, I'm going to hold on because you know you're going to get a good workload this week and probably a big game. They're going against Miami. They're huge favorites. Now, I will say, Miami last week wasn't awful. They actually moved the ball against Dallas. They had opportunities to score, but like garbage teams, they couldn't finish. They couldn't convert. They missed a field goal or two. They had a, a Preston Williams had a ball that maybe could have been a touchdown. It couldn't held on. So they weren't, you know, the score says 31-6, to six, but they actually, especially in the first half, they were moving the football. So um, you expect the Chargers offense to produce. The Chargers are one of those teams that underperforms consistently, and it's 
hard for me to back them with that high spread. I know we've been kind of going against Miami and they're tanking and they look abysmal. But either way, Eckler is uh, someone that you're firing up this week. So at least you know, hey, I'll get a big week this week. And even next week, you might have a decent week. If Gordon's first game back, my guess is they ease him in. You know, I don't expect them to give him 20 touches immediately. So, you know, Eckler could be in the picture next week. Obviously, it really hurts Justin Jackson. Uh, and that is someone that I did draft in a couple leagues, and I was planning to play him this week. I think he's a, a deep sleeper this week or a sneaky star, however you want to phrase it. And Jackson has looked good. That's the thing. Uh, he's had two touchdowns this year called back because of penalties, including one that was 60 yards. Uh, his yards per carry have been good. Obviously, Eckler's getting the big workload, but I do think Jackson can be used this week. Uh, but after that, he might be a drop, uh, especially in more shallow formats. Like if you have 16 roster spots, yeah, you're you're not going to hold on to Jackson with uh, Gordon back. If you have 20 roster spots, you might hold on to him because it's possible that you know one of the running backs in front get injured, and then at least uh, you know Jackson will play somewhat of a role. Though as we've seen with Eckler, though it's it has not been a huge workload for Jackson. I do believe he played about 37 percent of the snaps last week. But uh, this could be a week where he does get double-digit carries, and I do think you can get him in the lineup. Uh, Case Keenum, uh, they saw him in a walking boot earlier this week, but he is practicing. You know, Jay Gruden has said that he's not going to make a quarterback change. I know a lot of people want to see Dwayne Haskins, but you got to remember, there's no way you could have put him in last week. Not against the Bears. He would have gotten destroyed, and that's the thing. You don't want to put him in a spot where he's going against a good defense and he's going to get destroyed. You don't want to ruin a young quarterback like that, at least with the Giants and Daniel Jones. They knew they have somewhat of a a competent line. We'll come back. We'll talk about more news, go over more injuries, and also take a look at some fab results from last night on Full-Time Fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. On a Thursday afternoon, we'll have Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com. He'll join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern uh, to take a look ahead to the week, talk about the top stories across the NFL, what it means for fantasy football. Make sure you check out FullTimeFantasy.com right now because we got the Week 4 projections are up. The Week 4 Thursday Night Football Fantasy and Betting Preview, Weekly Snap Counts, and a lot more articles are up. Any questions, you can ask them on the message boards and forums. Also, find my work, si.com slash fantasy today. Sneaky starts. That article is up, as well as uh, the stock watch, which was posted yesterday. So check all of that out. Taking a look at some other news. Damian Williams will not practice again today. I don't think Damian Williams will play this week. So that means LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams will both see quite a bit of time, as we saw last week. 
Uh, Darwin Thompson, as we see, was not involved really at all last week. So, you know, the Chiefs, again, projected to score about 30 points. They're on the road in Detroit indoors, though, so a fast track. So uh, Darrell Williams will be someone uh, that's a solid play. He was picked up in quite a few leagues uh, yesterday. Um, I did add him in a league or two, and I might be forced to play him this week. Um, now, we did see a lot of Sean McCoy early in that game before uh, he had to leave with that ankle issue, and Williams did get a lot of action in the fourth quarter, but he looked good. They threw him the, fa- uh, the football. So uh, obviously not a terrible play this week, especially if you lost Saquon Bar- Barkley or dealing with some injuries. I think you could definitely uh, put him in the lineup. Devin Singletary was at practice today, so really good news there because uh, for a while I thought he wasn't going to play. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, this happened in week two late in the game against the Jets. He did not play last week and certainly would be a uh, big piece for the Bills in their hopes of upsetting the Patriots this week as both teams come in at 3-0. and uh, But I think Singletary in this spot, you know, could see quite a few receptions out of the backfield, especially if you think that the Bills are going to struggle or play from behind. Uh, so this report is positive, and uh, I actually might use him in a couple leagues. Again, not an ideal start, uh, but, um, you know, if you do have some injuries or some issues, I think it's possible that you could uh, put him in the lineup this week as uh, I might be forced to do that. Uh, the Browns continue to have issues in their secondary as Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams did in practice. They're going up against the Ravens this week. Rashard Higgins not practicing either. You know, that's a guy that they could kind of use right now in this offense, which is not look good. Um, and we'll see. Antonio Callaway comes back from his suspension in week five. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Uh, of course, uh, another big injury that we have to keep an eye on is Chris Godwin, man. You know, he didn't practice yesterday. It looks like he hasn't practiced today. He's dealing with a hip injury. So Bruce Arians said he's day-to-day. Um, and obviously, this would be a big loss. It is a tough matchup this week. You know, the Rams have been really good defensively this year, including against the pass. So it is a tough matchup. But, you know, Evans and Godwin are guys you're running out there every week. But starting to get a little concerned uh, for a guy like uh, Godwin this week, who I do have in quite a few leagues. So that's definitely something that we need to pay attention to because uh, that would be a really big loss for fantasy owners this week. Uh, Demir Bird of the Arizona Cardinals not practicing with a hamstring issue. Yeah, maybe in deeper format. Some people were looking at him. He was playing a lot of snaps, but it sounds like he's not going to play. So that's not good uh, for those in deeper formats. Eli Smith did practice today. Uh, he was in a non-contact jersey. Remember, he left last week early in the game with a concussion. So, you know, Devonta Freeman played a ton of snaps last week. That's because they only had two active running backs. So, uh We'll see. Freeman did look a little bit better, but it was an easier matchup. So still kind of have to see if they are going to give Ito that many snaps. It's something to keep an eye on. Greg Olson didn't practice or was remained limited at practice today dealing with a back injury. This has been going on all year, but obviously with the way he's playing right now, you're starting him at the tight end position. You know, I looked last week and I knew George Kittle was a buy, so I picked Olson up a week ahead of time looking forward to this bye week. So got him in there and, you know, whether it lasts the entire year is another question. You're always worried about his health, but right now he's a top 10 tight end. You're going to get him in there. And we saw Kyle Allen be competent in quarterback, hit the open receivers. So uh, he's in play this week for sure. Wanted to take a look at some fab results from last night, kind of give you ideas of the high stakes leagues of what players are going for. So 
I talked about this a little bit in the first hour, and uh, I have Saquon Barkley in one of these online championship leagues, and I did not have Wayne Goldman, and I should have been way more aggressive. I mean, we saw Goldman go for some big money, including 90% of the budget in some leagues, and uh, I needed to go a little bit higher. And in, in the league, uh, Goldman went for 365, which is not crazy, you know, especially if he's going to start for four or five weeks. Now, I guess part of it is I don't feel like he's going to be great, but you know, to get a starting running back off the waiver wire is very difficult. And it all comes down to individual team context. And it's something that I talk about a lot. Um, it really depends on your team. And, you know, we talked about it when we were looking at Chad Schrader's bids. You know, one league he goes 145 for Daniel Jones, another 45. And I don't have access to his team. But my guess is, in one, he kind of needed a quarterback a little bit more, whether it's a starter or a backup or he likes some of the matchups. You're a little bit more aggressive. And the other one you go, all right. I'm probably not going to get him. Someone's probably going to go 1150 because there's been a lot of hype on him. So I'll put in a small bid. If I get him, fine. If not, no big deal. And that's why I always say just put in a lot of bids. I think sometimes people, I don't know if it's laziness because it is time consuming a little bit when you play in a lot of leagues. Um, where it, you're putting in a lot of bids. And if you play in multiple leagues, yeah, it can get a little tedious, but you got to put in the work. If you want to be great at something, you have to work hard. You really do. And you'll get rewarded. So you just got to put in a ton of bids. And even if you think, well, I'm not going to get that guy, you just don't know. Like we've seen bids all across the board for these players. You know, 365 for Goldman, probably one of the lower bids. So I just didn't go high enough. And it's a lesson. Got to be more aggressive. I needed him. I have Saquon Barkley in this league. And now I'm hurting that running back. So that Goldman player would have been more valuable to my team. I really needed him. Even if he's not great, you know, he's going to get, based on what they are doing right now, they still haven't brought in a running back, and he's going to get 15 to 20 touches. He's shown the ability to catch the football. I know they didn't go to him a lot last week. You know, in other leagues where I don't think anyone is ever great at running back, but maybe you have three really good running backs and a top backup and someone that's splitting that's not that bad, and in a right matchup, you can use them. All right, maybe you really don't need Goldman as much. So that's what it comes down to when it comes to Fab is, you know, what is your need? And obviously, I needed him in this league and uh, was not aggressive enough. Uh, Daniel Jones went for 348 in this league, and the backup bid was 61. So clearly, it was an overbid, but, you know, that team clearly wanted Daniel Jones. And sometimes you have to be bold and go for it. And we'll find out if it's going to work out. It might not. Uh, plus, you don't know what that team has a quarterback. Maybe they have a Kirk Cousins who they did drop. And maybe the other quarterback was Roethlisberger. And they picked up Rudolph. Or maybe they had Breeze or Cam. You don't know. You know, that's that's the thing with Fab. And try to explain that to people. And uh, I've always said, you know, look at the roster grid. Uh, that's what I usually do at the quarterback position or tight end. I mean, it's much easier you know, someone at running back, you don't know. Like what I would do with a guy like Goldman, because I was having this discussion with one of my friends that we share a team with, you know, he kind of wanted Goldman. But on our roster, we kind of didn't need him. I mean, I guess if we had him, we could have flexed him this week, but it wasn't a huge need. So I didn't want to put in a big bid. And I said, all right, well, let's see what the Barkley owner has. And I looked at the Barkley owner. I'm like, wow, this guy needs him bad. He had Barkley, Damian Williams. So that's two guys potentially being out. And it wasn't great. I don't even think the Barkley owner got him either, which is kind of the worst part. But I figured, all right, that team, in theory, should be bidding a lot. 
Uh, I think that that league is a hundred dollar bidding too. So I figured, all right, that team should be going thirty to forty percent because they really need that player. But they didn't. Uh, I still put in a token bid. Uh, didn't get them. But you know, you always put in the bid because you never know. It's happened to me many times where you're like, oh, I'll just put in a few bucks. You never know, and you get that player. Uh, you just don't know what people are gonna do. Jordan Aikens went for $137 and there was no runner up. So that kind of hurts for that team. But hey, you know, we'll see. I don't expect Aikens to be consistent. They just don't utilize the tight end much there in Houston. And you have Kenny Stills, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. So, you know, there's teams that are desperate at tight end. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, I don't think he's going to be a reliable player uh, in this offense. Paul Richardson went for 56, runner-up was 12, and he's a solid play this week, you know, and it's not because he scored last week or has scored two touchdowns in the last three weeks. That's not why. It's the matchup. Going up against the Giants, they have just been terrible against wide receivers, so he's in a really good spot this week. I expect that to be a high-scoring game. Maybe it's back and forth, so yeah, I think that was a good pickup this week. If you needed a receiver, maybe you had buys or some injuries, that was not a bad pick, and you didn't really have to spend too much. Vernon Davis went for 32. Uh, no backup bid there. Davis also potentially could have a good game this week. And Jordan Reed, we still don't know about. Uh, I guess the last I saw is that he could be back this year, but you know we're not sure. And it's really difficult to fight a, a tight end, and Davis, not a bad play this week. Uh, C.J. Anderson was added for $28, actually tied, and that's not a bad speculative play. Because you got to think that he winds up somewhere. He worked out for the Texans this past week. The Giants certainly could be in play as well. So, you know, if you had the room, it's not the worst speculative play to take in case it works out. Same with CJ Procise, who went for 29. That was also a tie bid. Crazy. So, Procise, a lot's going to depend on Rashad Penny. Now, Rashad Penny didn't practice yesterday. Uh, so, today's going to be key for him because I really think Penny could have a big game man if he gets the opportunity with Chris Carson fumbling a couple of times last week or losing one and three fumbles we did see more CJ Procise but if Penny is active you know he could find himself in a big workload in a game that the Seahawks are going to run a lot of plays going up against Arizona when we return I'll be joined by Sean Childs of fulltimefantasy.com he's also one of the top high stakes players around We'll talk fantasy football with Sean next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Week 4 kicking off tonight, Green Bay and Philadelphia. Joining me now, he's one of the top high-stakes players around. You can find him at FullTimeFantasy.com. It is Sean Childs. Sean, what is up? Getting ready for another week of football. Yeah, it just creeps up, man. Like, it just feels like the weeks go by. It's like, all right, Sunday, then we got Monday Night Football. Work the waiver wire up. We got a game, and we got to start setting lineups. So uh, hopefully it is a good game tonight between Green Bay and Philly. But uh, 
A lot of money being spent in Fab last night. Uh, let's start with Wayne Gallman. He wasn't available in every league, but boy, I saw him go for some big dollars. Uh, what did you see, and did you land him anywhere? And do you think he's worth some of the high price tags people were paying for him? Well, in some of those leagues in the high stakes market where you have a eleven week schedule, and uh, you know you need a fix, you know at running back. I mean, the guys probably could average. 13 points a week for, you know, four or five, six weeks, wherever you play. So, you know, if you're, if you're 0-2, 0-3, or whatever, you know, behind the eight ball, it's, you know, you know why not? Five weeks are coming up, you need an extra player. So um, um, I did uh, shove in and were in a couple spots. Um, a couple spots I had Barkley uh, handcuffed in, I think, most of the leagues that I had. I did get sniped in one of the high-dollar leagues by one of the other high-starts players. But, uh, you know, overall, um, I did cover them, and, then, you know, We'll see how that shakes out. He should have a pretty good opportunity with the Giants. Don't have you know anybody really behind him to take away touches. How did you determine your bids? Was it a lot? Oh, I have Barkley. I have to go higher in this league. You know, that's always some something people ask about. And you know, I always say I think it does come down to your individual team and what you have. And obviously, if you had Barkley, you probably need to go a little bit higher because he means more to you. So how do you, how are you figuring out what to bid for a guy like Goldman to crush your leagues last night? The first stop was whoever had Barkley to see how much money they had left. And then, you know, if they, that team had spent a lot of money um, already, then, you know, you, you could go over them and then basically determine, you know, the strength of your team. That, you know, are you in position to compete or, you uh, you know, you, you know, you're going to have to take a shot sooner or later and this could be the best opportunity for you to add another player. So um, probably shoved in six or seven hundred dollars in a couple spots. That, you know, teams that had nine hundred dollars um, tried to knock out as many teams as possible. Um, and like I said, you know, just uh, you know, judge what you know if the Barkley guy had enough money. And you know, you know, in, in some leagues, you actually know some of the players will shove in for players like that. So uh, you know, in, in other leagues, you're not you're not really sure. Do you think? Gallman, I mean, we know he's not Saquon Barkley, but what are your expectations for him uh, in this offense? I mean, is he a guy that can give you the, the 12 to 15 points you need a week in a PPR league? We know it's a good matchup this week against Washington. Then they have Minnesota and New England. Yeah, I think he'll get, you know, you know, 70, 80 yards a week, you know, three to five catches a week, you know, and then he'll score a touchdown every other week. And the quarterback play looked pretty good last week. So, you know, you get a little more excited that, you know, the Giants might move the ball a little bit better. Um, so, you know, you know, it's just, uh, I thought Gallman had some talent, talent in the past and he's had some games where he, you know, catch some decent amount of passes, uh, you know, before. So, um, you know, he's not going to have the explosiveness of Barkley, but for now, you know, he, he, he's a pretty good cover. And even those teams that have, you know, drafted Eckler with Gordon come back, you know, they get off to a good start. They probably need another fix to cover him if Eckler, you know, drops down in value. So there was a lot of reasons, you know, to go after him this week. Uh, that's uh, another guy I want to talk about, Austin Eckler. Obviously, Melvin Gordon reporting to the Chargers. He will be practicing today, but will not play. Expected back next week and probably a little bit sooner than most people thought. Uh, if you have Austin Eckler in a league where you can trade, what do you do? Do you just hold on? And and Because we did see him have some value last year, even with Gordon back. Obviously, it depends on the offer as far as a trade. But you know, what's the inclination here when it comes to Austin Eckler? Uh, I think he could still be a, a player that could average 10, 10 to 11 fantasy points a week because his value as a pass catcher, like you said, they will rotate another back in. 
Um, he, he's, you know, his better side of the equation, I think, is past, you know, catching the ball. You know, Gordon, you know, will get, you know, 18 touches a game, you know, as long as they go back to him. But it might take a game or two before he gets, you know, up to full speed. You know, and, and I'm sure they would prefer to have Gordon, you know, carry the ball in close. So, um, you know, you kind of hang on to him. You know, Gordon has a little bit of injury history, and, uh, you know, you don't want to give him away just because things shake out that way, you know, just, uh, you know, how things can change on a dime in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I thought I saw somebody ask on the message board, and it was kind of an even trade except for, you know, the last piece of the puzzle was like a wall or for Eckler trade, and I, I, I just had a, would have a tough time giving up a running back that started off well for a tight end, even though he's playing well. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him fulltimefantasy.com. His week four projections are up. And one of the other players going for a lot of money last night was Daniel Jones for the Giants. And I know it comes down to your need at quarterback. Obviously, it's been a position where we've lost quite a few guys this year. Cam Newton's out, Drew Brees is out, Ben Roethlisberger's out, and Jones excellent in the preseason looked good last week had the two rushing touchdowns uh did were you in on the bidding for him this week did you think it was too high and uh what are the expectations for him going forward i mean are we getting too excited because it's one game or can he be a potential uh qb one the rest of the way he looked good but you know it was against a defense that does have some risk um i saw a couple teams that i uh, have a partner with and um, they had, uh, you know, Daniel Jones in there for $140 and dropping Stafford. And I'm like, uh, that's kind of a, kind of an aggressive move when you already have like a Russell Wilson at quarterback. So I, you know, I either, you know, either pushed it a lot lower or I even got rid of the bid because, you know, you never, you know, you're not going to play that quarterback too much. And you just know how you have to conserve capital if you're going to chase after these running backs. So, um, each situation is, is changed, but you know, the, the running back, I mean, uh, the quarterback depth overall this year, looks pretty balanced below the top few uh, quarterbacks. So I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be an impact player. Um, but I think he plays the, the Vikings next week. And uh, so I, I didn't really chase him, but, uh, you know, I did see the aggression where teams thought, thought they needed him. Stefan Diggs is frustrating owners right now, and it's clearly because the Vikings are a team that's just not passing a lot. They had 10 pass attempts in week one. They didn't pass much last week either with the lead. And obviously, I think a lot of people want to bench Stefan Diggs this week. I see some leagues where it's viable. It's kind of tough in the high stakes leagues unless you're uh, you know stacked at receiver. But you know, what do you do with Diggs going forward? Is it just a case of hey, these are two games where they just didn't pass a lot? It can't continue like that, or is that a, is there a real concern that Diggs uh, is going to be a problem going forward? Yeah, it's just the Vikings have just like you said they've they've run the ball extremely well. I mean. Cook is making big plays. They're 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 looking like they're a run first offense. They're getting the lead. Um, they played a couple of favorable games for them, you know, at home that that, that they got you know got out, um, you know, big. So um, you know there's going to be games they're going to have to throw. And, and the thing is, you know, when you, people are making these decisions, they're probably going to put them in there replacing Diggs with a you know receiver that's done decent but probably you know a 15 point player but we've seen in the past you know Diggs can have a big game he could score 40 points and get you know 150 yards eight or nine catches two touchdowns and that's the uh, the downside of when you sit a player like that is you know do you you know miss on the explosive game and not that the Bears look like it's a great matchup but you know Diggs isn't the problem it's the problem is that they're playing too well running the ball and they don't need to throw so you know, you would think last year, like the the um, the Rams, you know, ran the ball well and they threw the ball well. Well, the Vikings haven't, you know, put 
both pieces to the puzzle yet, but you would think at some point it would happen. But, you know, obviously Cousins, Diggs, and Thalen are tough to trust right now, but I would just ride them out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just it's tough, but uh, I just can't see them playing like that every single week. I mean, there's going to be some games ahead where you hope that they just throw a little more and they're not in control. Obviously, week one they dominated, and they dominated last week, and I just don't see that being the case every week. We saw Philip Lindsay with a really good game last week, uh, two touchdowns. We did see Royce Freeman leave the game briefly with a shoulder issue. And the one thing with Freeman is we've seen him involved in the passing game a little more, especially compared to last year. Is this still going to be a split and they're going to be frustrating to use going forward, or do you see one emerging over the other? I think it'll be pretty close. Um, it was interesting. I think that, um, you know, I did Freeman last week in the write-up, and I thought that he's trending forward. He looks pretty good. And then I did Lindsey. I'm like, wow, he looks kind of the same and doing almost everything the same he did last year. He just doesn't have the touchdowns. And the matchup against Green Bay kind of, like, clicked. And I think someone mentioned that you like Freeman last week. And I said, well, I think I like Freeman, but I think Lindsey's the one that you got to play in the daily games, and I kind of leaned on him. But I could see this week, you know, you know, where it changes that Freeman's more of the goal line guy at, you know, at times, you know, and, and he, he will get his first touchdown and, and do pretty well. So overall, I, I mean, I like the direction of both of them. I think that they're going to score, you know, 28, 30 points a game between them. And, the, you know, they'll each have, you know, their games. And, the, you know, and, and I, and I kind of like, you know, with Flacco there that he is throwing, you know, three to five balls to both running backs in most, most games. So it's pretty positive just, you know, it just you don't have an explosive player, but you have a player of value in the season-long games. Joined by Sean Childs. You can find him fulltimefantasy.com. Week four projections are up. How worried are you about Sony Michelle right now? I know it's only three games, but he has just not been productive at all. Just over two yards per carry, the least elusive back, according to Pro Football Focus. Are you concerned about him, or in trading leagues, would you buy low? It, it is kind of frustrating. I, I don't own him in a lot of leagues. And, you know, he is, you know, the Patriots are giving him 15 touches a game, but they are rotating that third running back with Burkhead getting, you know, kind of be the, you know, get some carries, get some catches kind of guy. And, and, and then White's more of the chaser, you know, uh, the, you know, the pass catching threat. So I really like Harris uh, before the season, you know, but, uh, you know, Burkhead's played pretty good. So, you know, Sony will it will come on and it will get catches. He did okay against Miami that, you know, you know that struggled uh, def- defending running back. So, um, you know, his matchup might be a little better than they, you think this week of Buffalo was, you know, struggled last year against running backs. But uh, overall, he's just, uh, you know, kind of a guy that's going to get a touchdown um, in most weeks and probably only going to get about 60 yards and he doesn't catch many balls. So his upside's kind of limited and really Patriots really lean on the running game, which might not happen until like December when the weather changes a little bit. Speaking of not catching the football, that's the case with Todd Gurley. Um, obviously he's you know, getting 14, 15 carries a game, but he's not catching the football. Uh, how surprised are you at that? And have you seen anything from him where you are concerned with the knee? Has he looked fine? You know, what's your outlook here with Gurley? Yeah, it's. Yeah, I think at the Rams, just don't, I mean, they haven't got the ball for the running back position in the passing game, which really kind of opened up their offense and led to a lot more scoring last year. They've scored, you know, you know, decent amount of points this year, but they, their offense just was so much more explosive last year when Gurley was on top of his game. And you know, he's trending last week. He's got you know seventy four percent of the uh, the snaps, and he looked like he's getting more playing time. But they have to do make an effort to you know get him you know 
three or five catches a game and, and, and you know, you know, make the you know, make the defense come up and you know creep against the run and stuff like that. So you know, Gurley disappointing out of the gate. People are said, I'm glad I didn't draft him, uh, and you know I could see why. But hopefully uh, that changes and maybe he has a good game. And this matchup, you know, Tampa wants to crowd the line, but you know when they uh, crowd the line, they do have rest in coverage. As the Giants, you know, beat them with it, you know. You know, lesser wide receivers and you know tight end than than I think the Rams have you know to expose them. So, you know, this game is probably a matchup people will fade early, but I I could see him uh, you know maybe hitting on a long run and surprising with a couple of passes. If you have to make a decision right now, but McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, I, I think it's tough. Um, but if someone asks you that, like, how do you decide? Like, which one is the better play? I've just been I've been leaning on you know whoever the cornerback play is the last couple of weeks. I mean you know last week the um, you know it, it seemed like a favorite Hartman. I haven't got that far so far today. Today I've only got to you know Sammy Watkins, and so uh, you know I can who I like better. But you know I think Watkins and Kelsey you know have been under the radar the last couple of games, and I think they bounced back. So those guys you know have played well the last two. So I think they're you know maybe they're going to be more like eleven point players this week. All right, that is Sean Child. You can find him at fulltimefantasy.com. Check out his week four projections. Sean, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up here on Full Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a couple more minutes as we wrap it up. Week four, kicking off tonight, Green Bay hosting Philadelphia as the Eagles come into this game one and two. Green Bay, three and oh. I think Devontae Adams has a huge game tonight. Uh, there was a lot of panic on him. Uh, hopefully you were able to buy low on him this week. Um, if you know an 0 3 team with Devontae Adams, and I talked about it early in the week, they're going to panic. Uh, they haven't gotten the production. They see no touchdowns. And, you know, hopefully you were able to pry him away because I do think he has a big game tonight. It's a great matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary, which has not been very good. Uh, Green Bay's favorite in this game by four. I like the Eagles uh, in this game to cover and potentially win outright. I do hope I'm wrong as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't like seeing the Eagles win, but I do think they play well tonight. All Sean Jeffrey will play. So uh should be a good game tonight. So we hope if you have any questions regarding your lineups or trades, you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com and ask those questions on the message boards and the forums right now. Uh, interesting comment here from uh, head coach Anthony Lynn of the Chargers today. He said he doubts Melvin Gordon will play this weekend. And he said, never say never, but doubt he'll play this weekend. That's what his quote was. I don't think he plays. He just got back. I mean, it is Miami, right? Uh, you could throw me against Miami. Well, maybe not, but you know what I'm saying and still have a success. But yeah, they probably don't, they don't need him this week. Uh, but, you know, he's been out. You don't know what kind of shape he's in. You probably want him to get in a full week of practice with the team, see how his conditioning is before he comes back. But, he will remain the starter. I do think Austin Eckler will still play. And maybe early on it's 60-40, 65-35. That it trends a little bit more up. Remember, Melvin Gordon, free agent at the end of the year. So they can just run him into the ground. There's no need to preserve him. And that's probably what Gordon was trying to avoid. So 
Uh, if you drafted him at a steep discount, you're probably feeling pretty good because I think we expected originally this absence to potentially last into week 10 or 11. I thought it would be longer. I'm actually surprised that it'll be back week five. So those that took the risk probably going to be rewarded, especially if he can stay healthy, which has been a concern for Gordon in the past. He's always missed games, including the critical playoff stretch last year. That wraps it up here. We'll be back Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.